today we're going to study the 4X genre. Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the 51st episode of the Game Dev Field Guide. I am your host, Zaccavelli. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Zaccavelli underscore and tune in for the occasional Game Dev stream over at twitch.tv backslash Zaccavelli underscore. We also have an open community discord and it's a great place for any game devs to join and talk about the craft of doing game dev. We also do the game dev challenge over there. And uh, yeah, I recently added an episode discussion channel. So there's kind of a focused discussion after an episode comes out. And yeah, it's a really good place. Lastly, I wanted to mention that we do have a Patreon and I wanted to thank the patrons who are already backing that. If you back the patron, you get access to a poll that helps you decide one of the episode topics for the main episodes every month. It also sponsors the bonus episode that everyone gets for free. And you get a special Discord role. So yeah, today's topic is actually one of the Patreons, or patrons rather, selection. So yeah, if you'd like to get in on that voting, I'll leave a link to the Patreon in the show notes. With all that out of the way, let's move on over to the Game Dev Challenge. The Game Dev Challenge is the part of the show where I provide a prompt to the listeners or issue some sort of challenge that allows you to take like 15 to 30 minutes and practice the ideals we learned in the episode. Last episode, our 50th episode, was on sound effects for video games. And so the challenge was to kind of use what you learned in the episode and make some sound effects and explain what they would be used for in your game. This has got to be my favorite game dev challenge we've done so far. There was tons of creative submissions and it was really, really fun. And what's cool about this one is I'm actually going to be able to show you the winner and you're going to be able to experience it, I guess, in its full depth because this is an audio format. So without further explanation, the winner of the episode 50 Game Dev Challenge is Yanny Boy. Yanny Boy's post says, Here is a sound effects I made myself for a game jam. It plays when the player listens to an NPC's inner thoughts and desires. In the engine, I fade the levels in slowly, and there's a build to completion with visual feedback when the player unlocks the NPC's thoughts. To make it, he says he whispered into a microphone, layered the tracks, and panned them so the voices are coming from different direction and added some basic delay effects to make it echoey. And he mentions if you have headphones on, you'll get the full effect. And it's a really cool sound, so I'm going to play it now. It's I hope you can hear how cool that panning and echoing effect is. And this just goes to show what you can make with some really simple effects. I assume Yan did this in Audacity. And yeah, with just a microphone recording your voice and some really simple effects, you can make a really cool 
sound effect that really brings a lot of like narrative juice and I don't know, just like audio interest to the game. It's a really cool sound and it's no wonder it got the most votes. So yeah, congrats to Yanny Boy for winning the episode 50 game dev challenge. For episode 51, I want you to pitch a fleshed out idea for a game mechanic centered around one of the four X's. Today we're going to talk a lot about the 4X genre and we're going to learn what each of the 4X's stand for. And I'm also going to give some advice for indie devs who want to make 4X games and one of them is going to relate to kind of picking one of the 4X's and expanding on it. And that's kind of what I had in mind for the game dev challenge. I think if you can generate a lot of depth around one of the 4X's, that's one of the best ways for indie devs to get into the genre and mix things up and make things interesting. So yeah, I'd love to hear your game design ideas. All you gotta do is go to the community discord, hop on over to the Game Dev Challenge channel, and type up your pitch. With the Game Dev Challenge done, let's move on over to the body of the episode. Today's episode, we're gonna revisit the genre study format. It's been a while since we've done it. In fact, we've only done it once before, and that was for the horror episode. And it was a long time ago, and I kind of want to change up the format a little bit. I'm still trying to figure out if genre studies are something that we want to do on this show. So yeah, I kind of pitched the idea to maybe trying out again and uh, let the patrons decide, and they wanted to go for it too, so here we are. The point of a genre study is to give you a baseline understanding of the genre norms so that you can be more informed for the games you want to make inside this genre. So if you're looking to make a 4X game, this episode is for you. And even if you aren't looking to make a 4X game, I still think there's a lot to learn here, especially about what overall makes strategy games interesting. And really, I got the idea to do this 4X episode um, when I did the deep dive on game loops. And that's because I'm fascinated with the ability of 4X games to keep the player's attention for long hours of time, despite the genre's slower pace. So yeah, let's just start. And to start, I think we should talk about what exactly a 4X game is. 4X games are a subgenre of strategy and are often represented as empire building games. The 4X stands for explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. And the phrase I think was first said about a game in the 90s called Master of Orion. It was a sci-fi strategy game where you sort of built a galactic empire. And the 4X phrase came up to explain the game's macro game loop. And really, the 4Xs fit nicely and explain the main macro game loop of the entire genre, hence the name of the genre being 4X. So it's a good place to start to understand what the 4Xs are if you're looking to make a 4X game. So let's go step by step. The first step, the explore step, is usually the first thing you do in the genre. It's a strong first step because it keeps the player intrigued. The first part of the game is full of discovery as you explore the map and establish a home base. It usually begins to transition into the second phase when you make your first expansion. And this is where we're going to introduce a key mechanic that is present in almost all 4Xs, and that's the idea of what I'm going to call settlements. Settlements are the building block of your empire. 
They're usually represented in the form of cities or colonized planets or bases. And they're just a central location of resources and decision making. And usually you always start the game with one and it's sort of a home base for your beginning exploration. Sooner or later the player will find a nice spot for a second settlement and once they build it they'll have started the expand phase. And the expand phase is interesting because it's almost its own mini game loop where you build the new settlement which allows you to explore further and that exploration leads to a new spot for a settlement that allows you to expand and then you're right back to the exploring step to find a new spot and it just goes on and on in a loop like that. The expand step is satisfying for the player because it's where they get to grow their empire. Their growth happens the fastest during the expand step and it has a nice little mini loop that keeps the player going. Now you might be asking yourself what makes the player want to pick a spot for a new settlement? And this is where we get into the next core mechanic of 4x games. And that is resources. Resources are key to the 4x genre as they give meaning to the settlement mechanic. Usually what makes a good settlement is based on what resources it has. For example, the player might have candidates for a planet they want to colonize, and how do they decide between them? Well, they're probably looking for a planet with lots of minerals so that they can build maybe fresh water and food for growing a population, or even unique resources like rare spices. The map of the 4X game itself and the distribution of resources are key because they work in tandem with the settlement system. There has to be resource poor and resource rich areas and everything in between so that the decision of where to build the settlement has meaning. And that's going to be a common theme for the episode. We're going to talk about the importance of meaningful decisions in the genre later. Uh, but for now, let's move on to the next part of the loop. And that is exploit. Now, exploit can be taken a few ways, but traditionally it means exploiting the resources you established in the expand phase to gain some sort of dominance over the other players in the game. At some point with all the players expanding, the map will be filled up and the expansion slows down and the game shifts to more competition between empires. This is where you make use of the resources you have to maybe further expand by taking settlements from other players, for instance. Or maybe you could trade resources to acquire new settlements. Maybe you could use the resources that you have to improve settlements you already own. The exploit step is interesting because it gives the player a lot of freedom because there's just so many ways to exploit. This is where what the player chooses to do can really separate themselves from the other players. And this is where the strategy of the game gets a little deeper and breaks into multiple paths. And depending on those strategies, we get into the last step of the loop, which is exterminate. Now I would say exterminate is sort of a misnomer with modern 4X games. The idea of exterminate comes from the end game of classic 4X strategy games where basically every player would build up a giant army to try and conquer the other players. That was the only end game available. That was the whole point for resources was to build up a giant army to exterminate the other ones. And your success was really based on how well you exploited the resources to build the army. Again, I think exterminate is a bit of a misnomer for modern games because the end game 
uh, isn't solely made up of battling anymore. Modern takes of the 4X genre have fleshed this out and covered other paths in the endgame. And I think it really reflects the actual feeling of building great empires better. Because they're not always successful through how much land they conquered, but success can come from wealth. It can come from technological innovation, societal innovation, art, and any combination of all those things. And we're going to talk about later how the game Civilization is kind of, in my eyes, the one that revolutionized this idea. But yeah, because of those kind of new styles of modern 4X games, I think Extermination is a bit of a misnomer these days. Uh, but it's firmly rooted in the genre, and you can bet that Extermination will usually be an endgame choice in any game. Now that we understand the core game loop of the genre, we can start to analyze the game design examples of modern 4X games and appreciate their innovations and build or tweak those ideas for our own 4X game designs. Before we get into the examples, there's one more bit of terminology that I think we should learn, and it's not so much terminology as more of just a difference, but anyways, there's a distinction between two styles of 4X games, and it has to do with how time passes in the game. Basically, you have turn-based 4X games and real-time simulated 4X games, and they're exactly what they sound like. In turn-based 4X games, you have turns, and there's only so much you can do in one turn. There are both long and short-term decisions that have a corresponding amount of turns to see what comes of those decisions. On the other hand, you have real-time simulated 4X games, where everything is done in real-time and usually sped up for your convenience. In these games, decisions you make take real simulated time to play out. Decades of simulation might pass in real-life minutes. And it's important in these games to hand the speed controls to the player so that they can speed up, slow down, and even stop the simulation. I wouldn't say one style is objectively better than the other. Turn-based may be better for more tight and an easily accessible 4X game, and simulation time may be better for a deeper, more hardcore audience. But those are not absolute facts, they're more of just kind of my personal general observations. Now that we have a lot of the groundwork laid for what is a 4X game and what are their common features, let's explore some examples. I think we have to start with the premier 4X game series in Sid Meier's Civilization. Civilization is a turn-based 4X game series where you build an empire through the ages of human history. I just did a sort of deep analysis of its game loops and mechanics in episode 48, so I would encourage you to go listen to that, but for the purpose of this episode, I wanted to say that it is a gold standard game. Its design revolves around the four X's, and it does each of them well. Notably, like I said, the modern games in the series have revolutionized the exterminate step, and it's a great example of changing the endgame and offering other win paths other than just total domination through war. If you're thinking about making a 4X game, I think Civilization is a must-play. To me, it really is the best example of an all-around solid 4X game. The next game or games I wanted to talk about are actually a group of games made by the studio Paradox Interactive. And before I get to my favorite, I wanted to mention their historical grand strategy games. 
These would be games like Crusader Kings, Europa Universalis, and Hearts of Iron. Some may not include these games as specifically 4X, but I think you can view them through a 4X lens and learn a lot about the design of great strategy games. These games usually put you in charge of a historical family or nation and put you into a simulated world that is fairly historically accurate. Keep in mind, these are simulated real-time games. So when you press the play button, it's really more like watching a simulation of history, one that you can influence. When viewed in the 4X lens, I would say it's like you're skipping right to the exploit step. Rather than beginning at the exploring and expanding steps, you're trying to make do with what resources you have and your current political standing in the world. In Crusader Kings, for example, you might be a count and have a small amount of land holdings somewhere in, let's say, Middle Age France. Your best bet at expanding your empire doesn't come from exploring or founding new settlements because this takes place in a historically accurate Middle-aged Europe. The land is all already discovered and claimed. Your best bet at expanding and growing your empire is exploiting the resources you already have, whether that be raw goods or political influence. And that's where these games operate. They operate in super deep exploit steps, where you have a staggering amount of meaningful choices that allow you to get more land. Everything from Game of Thrones-style dynastic assassination plots, to forming religious cults, to your basic diplomacy and trading. Another maybe more understandable example is Hearts of Iron. Hearts of Iron is another historical paradox grand strategy game, but instead of the Middle Ages, it takes place around World War II. You are in control of a nation and try to navigate them through the chaos. Again, if we look at it through the 4X lens, this game's design is at its core about the exploit step. It's about doing the best you can with what you have. And your success in the game is dependent on the player's decisions to get the most literal bang for their buck. For anyone who likes history, these games are a must-try. And while they're only sort of 4X games, they're great strategy games and do a really good job of giving the player impactful, meaningful decisions. Now, Paradox does have a 4X sci-fi game that is actually my personal favorite 4X game. It's called Stellaris, and if Civilization is the gold standard for turn-based 4X games, then Stellaris is the gold standard for real-time simulated 4X games. Like Civilization, Stellaris does every one of the 4Xs extremely well, but I think its game design really shines on the exploration step. In Stellaris, you start with a home planet and a science ship that can scout the galaxy and find other potential planets to colonize. But finding other planets to colonize is only one part of the discovery aspect in this game. And for me, it's the awesome discoveries you make that really drive the exploration step in Stellaris. The galaxy is absolutely chock full of awesome things to discover. Everything from giant space animals, to astronomical anomalies, to long-dead ancient alien civilizations. This game has some of the best sci-fi writing I have seen anywhere, and if you like sci-fi, it's a must-play. 
The other parts of the game are awesome, but I think it's really the best example of this explore step in a 4X game. Now, I've really only mentioned AAA 4Xs so far, so I wanted to give an example of an indie 4X, and I wanted to mention a hidden gem called Dominions 5. Dominions 5 is a turn-based 4X game that is more in line with classic 4X where the main goal is extermination. It is a game where you sort of create a god and religion based on mythology from around the world and you do battle with other religions, mythologies, and gods. And it's really cool. It takes a lot of inspiration from not explored mythologies. For instance, there are factions based on African myths and religions uh, that you don't see in too many other forms of media. Of course, they have the classic like Norse gods and stuff like that. But there are a lot of other factions that are inspired by some really cool mythologies from all around the world. This game's strength is deeply based around the exterminate step, as the battles are full of strategy and tactics. And you can customize tons of things. The magic, the factions, the gods, the formations, all of that is highly customizable and deep with both strategy and narrative. One time I made my god for my faction a literal immobile water fountain that was so beautiful enemy soldiers would burst into flames by viewing it on the battlefield. I was actually playing against my brother at the time, and it was just extremely funny to have a literally a non-sentient water fountain that would just wipe his entire army. And Dominions 5 is by no means a flawless game. It can be difficult to learn, and the UI is far from perfect, but it can be crazy fun once you figure it out. You might be thinking to yourself, why are we talking about all of these examples? I thought this podcast was about game dev and not games. Well, I think it's important to see what is out there and what's working from a game design standpoint uh, with audiences now. It's important to find inspiration and know what is popular in the genre if you're going to make a game in the genre. It's also important to see what common threads they have, because if your game shares those common threads, then you're already set up for success. So what do the best games in the genre get right? Well, I think one common thread, and something that the best games in the genre gets right, is that they all have the player making meaningful decisions that affect the game appropriately. This has been a common theme through many of my examples so far, and if you think about it, good decision-making is the core skill of a 4X game. Kind of like how shooting is the core skill in an FPS. If in an FPS you could miss by a lot and your shots still hit, or if it was looking like your shots were hitting and they didn't, that makes for a bad play experience. The flaws of the game are getting in the way of the core experience. This is what I mean by the decision making must affect the game appropriately. You want to find that sweet spot where good decisions are hitting and bad decisions are missing. If the game wasn't dialed in correctly, the game design wasn't dialed in correctly, then your bad decisions might not do anything to you, and your good decisions might also not do anything. Or maybe your good decisions are hurting the player, and your bad decisions are weirdly improving the player. Most of these games in the genre also have interesting decisions. It's not just as simple as this decision is objectively better than that one. 
There's deep strategy and trade-offs to every decision. And I think what's the funnest part and core to the experience is weighing each decision and seeing that play out. It's fun to see yourself make a risky decision about your empire, and thankfully it plays out. And it's even fun to make a risky decision and find out that it was a mistake. But if the decisions are all really easy and obvious, or if they don't really have any outcomes either way, and everything's kind of a wash, I think you lose a lot of the fun of the experience. Another thing the best in the genre do is that they create a sense of a dynamic story. A lot of the older 4X games really focused on like the numbers. My empire is this big, I have this many soldiers, this much industry. And it feels very much like a spreadsheet and not a living story. Modern 4Xs have really gotten this right. They have a bunch of narrative dressing to make the simulated world feel alive. Civilization has an almost edutainment quality where you can learn about human history while playing and the different civilizations you can play in the game have unique buildings and units and playstyles. Stellaris makes your alien civilization feel like it's an actual entity as their government and ideals evolve with every new discovery and galactic event. Small but nice narrative touches like this help these games go from being a spreadsheet to more of a dynamic storytelling machine. And I think it's a nice touch that has really shown how the genre has evolved and become a lot more of a satisfying experience. When looking at the games in the genre, it's also helpful to see their flaws and see where the genre as a whole can improve. So let's talk about that. 4X games generally have the flaw of accessibility and an overwhelming UI. This is a hard thing to dial in because the game is full of complex decisions. And because it's full of complex decisions, it becomes hard to teach and requires the player to do some learning. Also, it requires you to present a lot of information so the player has everything they need to make sound decisions but presenting all this info can be hard to do in a way that isn't overwhelming. Oftentimes, the UI is quite bulky and full of submenus on submenus. And for new players, it's extremely overwhelming. It's definitely something to consider when designing your 4X game. And for the UI part, my best advice, I guess, would be to try to only present the information that the player needs for the decision they're making right now. In other words, you need to help them narrow down what they need. Another flaw of a lot of 4Xs is the endgame. And by that I mean it's by far the weakest part of most 4X games. Oftentimes in these games it comes down to a situation where you know you have won the game and now you just have to wrap it up but the wrap it up section can take a long and boring time. Modern civilization games try to improve this with their multiple win states, and I would say it's a solid attempt, but it still results in some boring endgame situations sometimes. Interestingly, those historical paradox games I was talking about, they don't really have an end date to the simulation. There's really no end goal at all. You just play it and watch the simulation till you get bored and move on. I thought that was kind of an interesting way to deal with the problem. 
I'm not sure if it's right for every game, but something worth considering. Speaking of considerations, let's talk about the considerations for making a 4X game as an indie dev. Now, a lot of the examples I mentioned today, like Stellaris and Civilization, would be huge undertakings for an indie dev. Like, there's so much jam-packed into those games that to try and make it yourself, or even with a small team, would be quite difficult both in the sense of making everything all work together, but just in the overall time commitment as well. If you've decided you want to make a 4X game as an indie dev, I think what you would want to do is maybe take a note from Dominions 5 and pick one of the 4Xs to really focus on. It's not that you should do only one. In fact, you should. You need all the elements of a 4X game to be a 4X game. But if you can simplify the other elements you aren't focused on and make something really interesting in one of the four X's and taking it to its limits and figuring out new depths and strategies, I think this is one, a way to really stand out, but two, it also allows for a much more achievable game because it allows you to simplify other parts. Maybe you already have a cool idea for a strategy game. See if you can fit it into the 4X formula. Figure out which X is most important to the core of that game and make that part special. Another consideration for indie devs when it comes to making 4X games is programming the AI to play the game. Because these games have hundreds of decisions that each affect the game, it can be extremely difficult to make an AI that can be fun to play against or that can really play the game at all. I would suggest designing a 4X game with an abstract AI or maybe even an asymmetric enemy faction. By that I mean if I were to make a 4X game, I would explore the idea of having the computer control a unique faction that plays a lot simpler. Barbarians or alien bugs for example. That way you could really simplify the decision making process for the AI. Of course this may lead to less interesting gameplay. Uh, but you can design with that in mind to mitigate that weakness. Those, of course, aren't the only problems with making a 4X as an indie, uh, but I think those are some of the big constraints and considerations as an indie 4X game designer you should make. And with this genre study as a whole, I hope you have a good foundation to build on. 4X is one of my favorite genres, and it's one I hope to see more indies get into. So yeah, I hope you leave this episode with a good foundation and maybe even some inspiration for making them. With that said, let's recap what we talked about. 4X is a strategy game genre where the core loop revolves around exploring, expanding, exploiting, and exterminating. Remember, the exterminating is a bit of a misnomer, as modern 4X games like Civilization have come up with more endgame focuses than just killing everything else, but it still remains a core endgame strategy to this day. Remember we talked about settlements and resources being staple features in a 4X game. These two mechanics work in tandem and are at the center of pretty much all 4X games. Remember we talked about the difference between turn-based and real-time 4X games. We also mentioned a few examples of gold standard games, Civilization series and Stellaris being two of them. What these games get right is their meaningful decisions and the narrative stories that are built around the decisions. In other words, they're not just numbers and spreadsheets, the gameplay creates dynamic stories and fun experiences. 
The genre also has some common flaws to be careful of. They can be inaccessible and UI-dense, turning away and discouraging new players. They can also struggle in having satisfying endgames, as usually you know you're going to win, and the endgame just becomes a matter of wrapping it up. Lastly, we talked about things to consider as an indie 4X designer. Remember to manage the scope of your game and try to focus on one of the X's to be excellent at and simplify the others. Another consideration is to think about how you might do the AI or design the game so that the AI doesn't have to navigate the complex decision-making of the game. And yeah, I hope you take away all this information and you have a strong foundation for making a 4X game. And yeah, you'll have to let me know if you like the genre study format. I'm still undecided on if I want to do it more or if I think it's good. I definitely think it's good information, uh, but is it in line with the rest of the content that I have on the show? And is the audience more interested in general game dev advice or more specific per genre game dev advice? You'll have to let me know, and you can do that by reaching out to me on Twitter at underscore Zachavelli underscore, or coming on to the community Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and I'm active on there pretty much every day. In fact, a good space to do this would be the episode discussion. But uh, yeah, with that, I think I'm going to end the episode. I have been Zaccavelli, and if you think about it, 4X games are just painting with extra steps. 